When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There's a red eye over yonder. That's where my baby stays. I take Everything gonna be alright. Welcome to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. A southern storm, a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast on Pantheon Podcast, where you can go and find your most preferred uh, music genre podcast. So go to Pantheon Podcast, check us out as well. Hopefully you're listening to us as you know as much as anything else you might choose. So with me always is Jason. What's up, man? What's going on? How you doing? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So you uh went and saw Charlie Starr and Benji Shanks and their acoustic show. Can you give us a little I more did. detailed uh report? Yeah, we went down to this place called the Ludlow Garage in um in Cincinnati, which is a really cool uh, area over there and actually uh, used to be like an ace hardware and some other stuff so anyways they have a restaurant bar up top they've got a performance area downstairs so we went and saw benji and charlie do their acoustic thing i've never seen that live in person before brian mm-hmm. that was the first time i had a chance to see it and it's awesome um they played about two hours including the encore blackberry smoke songs cover songs and talking to the audience in between sessions it was amazing my wife said this rune seen blackberry smoke for her as a full band now because she liked the acoustic stuff better yeah. i didn't i don't agree i don't agree but it was awesome you do a little any little storytelling he did some storytelling um stuff with his family stuff from people his dad that he knew you know his dad about uh the bluegrass where all the bluegrass stuff comes from. So he told some really nice stories. The audience kind of participated a little bit. I don't think they were supposed to, but they played off on a couple things. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time, man. It was really, he is a master of his craft. You know, he sings great. He plays great. He can do about anything. And 
being kind of brought up as a bluegrass guy, he got a chance to do some a lot of bluegrass licks on that acoustic on the multiple acoustic guitars they, they were playing. Cool, very cool. Now the Ludlow Garage has that been open? Like, was it closed for a while? I because I I've got like a, a I don't know if it's a bootleg, but a it might be bootleg, but a live CD of the Almond Brothers playing yep. there. Yep. So has that just always been open since? That was like what it's late been 60s. open since a long time. Um, there's still like again, like I said, it started as a hardware store, it's kind of converted to what it's been, but yeah, like it's the Almond Brothers played there in the 70s, I believe, and a lot of bands. And um, yeah, I mean, it's still playing shows. They had shows coming up with this is funny, Jesus Jones. Remember Jesus Jones, like right Sounds here, right familiar. now, from the 90s, like an alternative yeah. rock song. They're coming, okay. Flock of Seagulls, okay. uh, Mr. Big, also. <laughs> Wow. I was surprised by some of the stuff that was coming up, but it was a, a cool venue. Like you said, Brian, a historic venue and those got, man, Charlie is just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we've got some guests coming up from Mississippi and that's going to lead into another guest coming from Mississippi. And uh, I've been just kind of getting back uh, in touch with, the Mississippi Hill Country Blues, listening to that a little bit and watched a documentary that I've seen probably several times. I could uh, watch it over and over and over. Oh, you hear me laughing or you see me laughing. Uh, last of the Hill Country Blues men. So that's cool. And uh, where, we'll, where can you find that to watch it? That was Is on it like uh, YouTube? YouTube. It's on YouTube. YouTube. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it, uh, it really kind of centers around R.L. Burnside and Junior Kimbrough and, and some other players, and it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. Well, on an upcoming yeah. um, episode, the one after this one that we've already recorded, <laughs> I was very impressed about your knowledge of the history of uh, Mississippi Hill Country Blues. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe – it seems like a simple format, but it's. I think you got to be pretty pretty uh, disciplined. I don't know if I'll try and. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. I could maybe try. But uh, who knows? I'm not. I don't think so. I struggle enough just with the regular stuff that I try to <laughs> right. do. I don't need yeah. to try to put anything else on top of that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and a lot of those guys are playing hollow bodies or semi hollow bodies, and I had one at once, and I don't know why I got rid of it. They say you know, sellers. I hear about sellers' remorse, but it's like more traders' remorse. But uh, I'll circle <laughs> circle back around. Anybody that that's doing musical instruments, particularly guitars and basses, always has a story about the remorse of giving up something. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about our guests coming up. We got a couple guys from the band Sullivan's Hollow, one of which we've uh, talked to before from his uh, previous group. Yeah, this is what our our first of a doubleheader of Mississippi uh, based or Mississippi based or bred artists, Brian. Yeah, for sure. So coming back to us is Dylan Palmero, as you guys remember. Um, he's we've had him on the time uh, probably at least three times before, Brian. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, at least three. You know, um, and now he's back. He's part of another project called Sullivan's Hollow with the founder Sammy Kadan, who is also joining Dylan to talk a little bit about what's going on with that band and some other things that they have going on too. So um, Dylan's hopping on uh, this kind of existing project, Sullivan's Hollow with Sammy and seeing what they can do. 
Yeah, and it's interesting that you know, you know, you know, Dylan before you know in Magnolia Bayou, there's a little more bluesy kind of bass kind of stuff, but uh, this is a little more hard rock, and it's it, you know, as you guys will hear, it's so interesting to hear. You know, we usually think about Mississippi, we think about the Delta and, and stuff like that, like we're talking about, but it's you know, like Sammy says, and he goes more into detail about how many styles of music there and very diverse. So it's exciting to uh, hear about that and it's happy for Dylan and what he's doing and doing some he's other a great guitar player. I'm yeah, interested to yeah. see what he's going to bring to that original music. Yeah. So you guys kick back and relax and listen to our interview with Dylan and Sammy from Sullivan's Hollow. Guest segment of the podcast, you guys know I always throw it over to Jason to introduce the guests. And I am excited to have the guests on tonight. One, we got a returning friend we haven't talked to in a while. Dylan Palmero is back, so we're happy to have him along with the new friend, Sammy Kadan. Uh, they're part of Sullivan's Hollow and some other musical groups. Gentlemen, how you doing? Man, happy to be here. Thank y'all so much for having me. How's Dylan. Guys, What's like, going on, man? Long time no see. Man, just uh, just another day, just hunting and grunting, you know, <laughs> whining and grunting. <laughs> Brian, have you been hunting and grunting today? Because I'm going to start using that. Well, I don't know about the hunting, maybe grunting, I don't know. I, I do grunt. I do grunt quite a bit during the day. Yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> to see that gear behind you there, Dylan. Appreciate it, man. Put it on display. That, that famous SG of yours. Boom. There she is. Yep. Well, is when I think some... of a Gibson SG, Brian, there's two people I think of, Angus Young and Dylan. Dylan, yeah. Oh, man. Is there anything new from the last time we talked to you? It's been a while. Any uh, pedals? Any, anything? Uh, uh, not, not so much uh, acquisitions, more uh, dreaming and kind of trying to because I've, I've found my sound a little bit, but, you know, everybody, everybody knows gearheads are always chasing you know, the, yeah, the, the, that's the, true. Uh, uh, wanting more and more of the same and, you know, a little bit more of other things too, you know, trying to expand my sonic capabilities as much as possible as, as we like to do. So. So Sammy, how about you? Uh, you, uh, well, you're not home right now. When, when is, where is home for you? Cause you're home. visiting Nashville. Uh, home for me is uh, a little, a little house in the middle of the woods off of, uh, East Lincoln Road in um, Monticello, Mississippi. Yeah, as far away as people from people as I could get, honestly. For now, I'm looking to find a place even farther away from people. Actually, <laughs> I like that perspective. You know, after working all day long, I get a little tired of people. Yeah, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love people, but there's a time and place for everything. Oh, I so, don't. For, yeah, for that, for that solitude, you know, to find that solitude, man. I live. Uh, we don't even have internet at my house. If that tells you anything. Wow. 
like at the end because they don't service it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> One of those. For the love shack where I see the sign above your head is not your your home. No, it's just my abode for the time being. And what better place to be than a love shack? Am I right? That's <laughs> damn right. I mean, the B-52s loved it so much they wrote a song about it. Exactly. But well, we haven't uh, we haven't heard. We are aware of Sullivan, Sullivan's Hollow. We don't know the history. So, Sammy, you want to, like, uh, give us the yeah. rundown on that? and then Absolutely, man. Um, man, so I guess we'll just start um, at the beginning. Um, and this was we established the band as an entity, I guess, in 2018. Um, I had done a festival the year before uh, as a solo act. And they had asked me to come back for the second year. And um, they were like, we want you to come back, but you have to have a band. And I was like, well, I don't have a band. And the lady that was put on the event, she was like, oh, honey, that's not what I was asking you. I was telling you, you and your band are going to be here on whatever the date was. Like, I think November the 4th that year. But I said, okay. I took my lumps and uh, I hollered at some guys. And we did an absolutely atrocious performance because we had hardly, uh, hardly, um practiced or really had time to rehearse or anything and uh it was really bad but somehow or another actually uh dylan and the rest of the guys in his former band uh asked us to open for them at smooth's grocery a couple weeks after that um and so in that time period uh you know i reached out to some guys uh found a new guitar player we um i hired on zach uh you know reached out to him our bass player zach case we had a conversation about coming and another buddy of mine, Seth Cotton um, had, I'd reached out to him to play bass and he had been unavailable working on another project. He called me back a couple weeks later and said, Hey, you still looking for a bass player? And I was like, well, no, but I could always use a good rhythm guitar player. And uh, ultimately Zach and Seth since then have alternated on rhythm guitar and bass for the longevity of the project. So, you know, uh, but that's kind of how I got started. And, um, yeah, it was really supposed to be a one-off festival band. And just, you know, over time, the universe works in certain ways that puts you in the right rooms with the right people. And what was supposed to be a one-off festival band has turned into a, uh, you know, a eight, almost seven-year project now. Dylan, how, I mean, how do you know Sammy? Obviously, he said that Magnolia Bayou asked him to open up a show. I mean, how do you guys know each other? Yeah, man. So uh, Natchez kind of became um, kind of like a second home for us early on in Magnolia. Uh, we played Smoots Grocery, I want to say late 2017, early 2018, something like that. You said Longwood was in 18? Yeah, well, that was the one we did uh, with um, Sullivan's Hollow, but I'd done 17 the year before That's and right. opened up for y'all as a solo act. And then when y'all came back in January of 19 yeah. is when we opened up for y'all as a band. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, around that time, uh, Sammy and I linked up and, uh, you know, I always try to, you know, find the musicians, the cool, the cool folks, you know, that are hanging out and, you know, cause I mean, it's, it's just a weird world, you know, and, uh, touring and stuff like that. So, you know, trying to find as much of yourself and other people to relate and, you know, shoot the shit with and, well, yeah, because uh, we we can be like totally a thousand percent honest on here, right? No, for sure, yeah. 
Okay, yeah, because yeah, because as y'all all know, there's a bunch of assholes out there in the music business. A bunch of great people, but there's also nobody we talk to. It's the people we don't talk to, though. Sure, assholes. the one, yeah, you know, exactly. No, uh, I mean, no, and I'm sure I'm the asshole in several people's narrative, but there's assholes in the music business, man. And so it's cool to find people that you can mesh with, and I think that's mm. kind of, you know, where we first hit it off anyway. Dylan was we kind of were just on the same wavelength. Absolutely, dude. I, I remember, you know, around the the time that we were you know, first like gigging together, you know, I remember we were playing uh, Underground 119 and we got you to come open. And I just remember, you know, watching the set of yours and like as a solo artist, just we've always been admirers of each other, you know, in our own musical endeavors. And it's just been really cool to, you know, finally like, you know, paths merge and stuff like that. But I just, right. like, he'd play his set, you know, we'd shoot the shit for a little while. And then, you know, afterwards we'd all go hang out by the van or whatever, and just, you know, talk for as long as we could uh, before the band went to the hotel or, you know, girlfriends can call and whatever. Right. But uh, yeah, man, just, it's been cool for sure. Been a, been a nice little, nice little roller coaster. Nice yeah. Little- I mean, it, it was, it was funny. Like we had, um, not funny, but in hindsight, I think we can like laugh about the the perfect timing of it all. Like we had just lost like our guitar player and uh, drummer that we've been playing with for forever. And Dylan, I saw had come available for project. And I was like, Hey man, I mean, we've always kind of talked about it, but uh, we got a show in a couple of weeks and we ain't got a guitar player. If, uh, if maybe you're available and see, I've been jamming for a year together since, you know? Absolutely. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. That was going to be my next question, like how, you know, Dylan was filling in and when does, when do you ask him the question or you want to be full time in the band? I mean, I don't think there was ever, I mean, and Dylan, you know, we've talked about it, but I mean, there was never like a, a hard, like, okay, you're in now. It was more like, Hey dude, like we've played these shows together and adjacently and been on the bills, you know, a lot of same bills together for a while. We need a guitar player. 
you're you're looking to fill up some dates on a calendar like let's try it out and see like if it if it works you know and we played a couple shows together and got our feet on you know underneath us and uh you know i mean i think it was just kind of an understood thing that like we all want our flexibility and like if we have a show pop up and dylan's already booked like it's fine we'll we'll hire out another guitar player for that night but he's obviously our first call every time you know i mean and that's you know he's in a bunch of different projects i have a solo project there's another band that he and i frequently play in together that it's called the secondhand smokers and it's a really cool thing i've been trying to get off the ground and I think more than anything, the the aspects of community uh, within the music realm, um, it's like, dude, we're playing this show this night. If you're available, come do it. And if you're not, like, all good. We'll, you know, we've got a good community of guys that will fill in if need be. Uh, but I would say that somewhere along the way, we just all collectively agreed that, you know, Dylan was our, our first choice as far as to, to fill that position and that role in our band. Well, I'm honored, Sammy, you can talk about like the music of of Sullivan's Hollow and and what what you've recorded so far and and where you guys going next. Man, I mean, you know, I mean, in in what regard, you know, I mean, like I said, we've we've recorded stuff, and as far as the music we've released, I mean, we're getting ready to release some stuff that we've been sitting on for a while. Uh, but as far as the music that's out there, I mean, it, you know, all bands evolve and change so much. I mean, those songs that we put out in 2020, we're still playing those songs, but you know, music evolves and it sounds totally different. And we play it in a live fashion so much differently than when we put that out as an EP, you know, those songs were recorded in 2019 and 2021. And here we are in 2024, you know, I mean, you, you find a spot in a piece of music. You're like, man, I really wish we would have done a halftime break right here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, we're not going to go back and cut it right now, maybe one day, but, as far as the live setting, I mean, we do a lot of that impromptu and improv and we're calling audibles the whole show. And people ask us about a set list. It's like, I mean, we know what songs we know how to play and we read the room and what are they into that night? You know, like how do we want to spice it up and do it different, not only for the audience, but for ourselves. So is there like a, like even like a general outline of the, of the set list, like what you're going to start with? Yeah. I mean, always just completely like on the fly. I mean, there's definitely like a, a, a structural backbone. I mean, we know what original songs we've got and the, the music we put out. I mean, stuff off the EP like Sky Blue Pink has turned into something over the years that is like a show closer. That's what a lot of pe- folks that are there to hear Sullivan's Hollow, that's the one that resonates with them. And, you know, we, we close a lot of shows with Sky Blue Pink. It's this very conclusionary piece of music as it's written, and it kind of fills that role for us. So we know that that's going to be towards the end of the set. Uh, we like to send a message with the first song. So we typically play hair of the dog. We let folks know this is what kind of rock and roll music you're going to get all night long, whether we're slamming out, you know, uh, original after original. And then we, we throw you a curveball, some cover from Delbert McClinton that you didn't think we would ever play or touch, or we're playing use me by Bill Withers or ain't no sunshine, or we're breaking out a Avril Lavigne cover or whatever it is. I mean, we're, we're going to, we have an idea of what we're doing, but we like to set the tone a certain way and we like to finish the show a certain way. You know, when I listen to your music, I, I, you know, we try not to categorize stuff, but to me, it's like a little more harder rock than, and so what, what does, what does Dylan add to that? Bring to that? Cause I always 
but Dylan's done so far has been more like you know somewhat southern southern flavored swampy kind of so some blue stuff. So how does that all work? What's so the, I'll uh... tell I'll tell you, man. Um, early on, we we decided that we wanted to be all the best parts of southern rock, but with the edge of the grunge movement and the we're gonna play music that hits you in the face and has meaning and weight. And so I mean, him being a southern rock guy just fell in uh in my opinion it just fell in perfectly with what we were doing and yeah he's he doesn't sound like the guitar player we had before and guess what that guitar player didn't sound like the one we had before that i mean we're an ever-evolving band and we you know we've had a core group for a long time but we've always kind of had a revolving door of our friends that are talented musicians come in and out of the group and you know, Dylan, he's always been somebody we've known and respected. So when the opportunity came to add his flavor to our flavor, it was a no-brainer to us. Yeah, kind of I'm throwing the same question over to Dylan that you got asked. I mean, Dylan, for you, you know, going transitioning from a more traditional Southern rock band to some of the hard red stuff, you know, how was that for you as a guitar player? Again, I know you guys have covered Alice in Chains and stuff in the past, and we're, we're fans of kind of the grunge movement. Yeah. Well, so um, I guess, man, for years, uh, and I'm sure we about this on, you know, one of the three, four times we've, I've been on with you guys, but like I've always kind of gravitated towards, at least in my listening and early guitar playing, uh, like heavier stuff, like, you know, mm-hmm. I, Pantera, you know, Alice in Chains, um, Dimebag Daryl was one of my favorite guitar players um still is uh you know there's still that stuff you know resonating within but you know I've always kind of musically for me I gravitate towards something that either comes from a place of angst pain or just overall you know like emotion like if that emotion is at its heightened state I'm typically going to gravitate towards listening to it and probably putting it in my rotation of things but um you know, I've, I've always been kind of an angsty guitar player, at least on stage with my antics and stuff. Uh, if I see something to jump on or off of, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, you're the king of stage parkour. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, king, the king of stage parkour. That's the name of a song. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, legitimately, though, I've seen him jump off of so many subwoofers and, and drum risers. And I look up, I'm like, how is Dylan eight feet in the air right now with a SG in his hand? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I mean, he's still a young man, he can do those things without hurting himself. Right, but it, it, you know, I mean, even right now, knocking on the door thirty, I'm like, my back and my knees are starting to hurt a little bit, you know. And I'm like, but seeing that kind of spring in, in him has revitalized that that uh, essence in myself. And I'll be completely transparent with you. I think I might have told you this, but uh, there was one jump like midway through the New Year's Eve set that like as soon as I landed, like I felt in my core like, oh that's <laughs> every bit of landing hurt. Right. You know? Like and I didn't even like jump that high. I just landed wrong and right. well, it, it was tra- it was terrible. <laughs> so, so, so I was <laughs> So how how is your kick doing these days? Are you I haven't uh I, I recently saw Blackstone Cherry. I see so Ben does it all the time. I haven't I haven't seen a, uh, enough video of Thunderbolt. To see, uh, I'm always wondering between you and Riley, who's you guys can't do it as good as Ben, but <laughs> uh, I, man, Ben Ben's one of the greatest at, at that. And honestly, man, like 
you know, when I started acting the way that I did, I saw him and was not like game on, but like, let's go. Like, um, you know, always, always friendly competition, if ever a competition, you know, I mean, I never, I'm never out to cut anyone, you know, and I don't plan. <laughs> right. But it's nice to find guys that like that fire in your gut. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to to see that guy, you know, at eye level and go like, you know, we're going to cut together instead of. I'm I got to, gonna... br I got to bring my best tonight because I know they are. Right. Exactly. Fire everybody else up. Yeah. Everybody else right. gets some energy. Yeah. Incite violence. <laughs> Respect. Right. Iron sharpens <laughs> on iron. On stage. Man. On stage. Right. 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 If anybody does off stage, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had no part of that. Nothing I you did. Would love to be a part of it, but it's okay. <laughs> So, Sammy, we've, we've talked to Dylan before about the spirit of, of uh, Mississippi music and, and where they're, I don't know if you want to call it a scene or whatever. What, what's your take on on the music of your area? Uh, man, how, how honest can I be? As honest as, as you honest want. As honest as you want, man. <laughs> Dude, it's the music mecca of the world. <laughs> I mean, that's where, this is where all nine genres of American music started. Yeah. You know, no matter where people are doing it from now, their influence at some level trickles back to the, the state of Mississippi. It's that mm -hmm. simple. I mean, not to say that they shouldn't have their own flowers for what they've done with those sounds. I think that you look at the movements all around, you know, uh, Tennessee, Texas, Georgia, Seattle. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You look at all these different music movements across the country, but ultimately if you follow the trail back far enough, it's going to come to Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's shown in uh, just like, just even your day-to-day, -day, I mean, I know more people that are musically inclined than aren't, you know? I mean, there's people that came up in church in Mississippi singing in the choir or playing drums, and they will absolutely dog walk anybody that came up. You know, I mean, they're just, the talent is ingrained. It's trained. It's programmed from an early age on a much larger scale, I think, well, per capita anyway. Uh, I think that it's, you know, it's in the dirt, man. It's in the river that runs right in through it. It's in the history. It's in the history, both good and bad. It's, I mean, the, the amount of influence on modern music that originates in Mississippi is unparalleled and unrivaled. That's my opinion. You, you, you uh, keep answering my questions before I ask them. <laughs> you know, we, uh, you know, obviously this podcast, you know, it, it revolves so much around Southeast and, newer younger artists and bands and stuff and there's obviously there's musically passionate people everywhere but there's to me outside looking in i'm from the north looking at the southeast it seems like you're like saying it is that it, it's even more so almost like genetically encoded if that makes it if is. That makes sense it's just a, it's amazing i mean the spirit of song from the south is it's even more steeped and more i'll, I'll tell you this man and i don't i don't talk about this a whole bunch but uh, you know, I didn't find out how musical my family was until I was 13 years old going through a closet. There was always a piano and an organ in the house, but I never saw anybody playing them, you know, so I just assumed it was just an ornamental thing. It wasn't until I started going through the closets and finding the, the baritones and the banjos and the guitars and the violins and the saxophones and, uh, you know, the sheet music and, and realizing that at some point, my very musical family had stopped playing. So, so, right, I never saw any of them playing. But somehow or another, when I was 18, 19 years old, I got myself into it. I was drawn to it. And now I've pursued it as a career. There's something that you 
can't deny is genetic about that. Well, well tell, I want to expand on that. So what was your family involved in musically? I mean, you had all these interest, instruments lying around. People just in band in school. Did they have projects in the I mean, church? My mom, I mean, like I said, they, they never would talk about it much. But my mom went to college on a band scholarship. Uh, you know, there was, I, to this day, I have a 60s parlor silver tone guitar that was my my uncle's and he, he passed it down to his younger brothers. Uh, they all played it. My mom played it. The only one that wasn't uh, uh, musically inclined to my knowledge was my aunt and she's a painter, you know? I mean, so it's this, you know, they never pursued it as a career, but it was so ingrained in their early years and part of who they were. And, you know, you don't have a house full of instruments unless you got a house full of folks playing them. I mean, it, you know, very, very seldom anyway. So, I mean, the, to the fact that I never saw and never witnessed any of my family playing music at, at all. It, you know, I had an uncle that passed away before I was born, and I think that they all kind of left it where it lied after that. But, you know, in my lifetime, I never saw anyone playing music, but somehow or another still ended up on this podcast talking about being a musician. So that's that that to me talks about the influence of the genetics of music and how big that influence is in Mississippi. So now, Dylan, I want to ask you, like I asked Sammy, like what what do you, you know, ask him what you added to to Sullivan's Hollow? What do you think, you know, what what have you learned from Sammy and the rest of the players in the band that that adds to you? Like what what have they added to you? Um, man, it's like you know, so I had you know a, a group for about eight years, and you know, did a lot of great things, did a lot of cool things, and you know. For a long time, that felt like a brotherhood and a family, and and at some point, that kind of, you know, maybe statically dissipated in 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 one corner or the other or in the center, what what have you. But just you know, the community, like you mentioned earlier, and you know, like between Sammy and Zach, and you know, everybody, it's just been like beautiful as far as personalities mesh great you know like if anybody needs anything at all you know we're always there you know it's it's like truly a brotherhood and it actually it feels like a family you know I lost one group but I gained you know an entire community it feels like so you know um I've got another project with a buddy of mine Will um him and I have been, you know, doing a lot of cool things and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just, it's just been really cool, man. Um, you know, I, I owe a lot to Sammy and, and the rest of Sullivan's Hollow, man. It's, it's been wrecked. It's been really cool. With, with being one of the newer members or the, maybe the newest member of Sullivan's Hollow, where, where do you fit in, in terms of the, in terms of the band dynamics? So, so like Sammy, Dylan, if Dylan comes with something, an idea for a song, a change of existing ch song, are you can listen to him. Or you tell him to shut up because he's a new guy. <laughs> no, man, that's, that's that's not me at all, man. I, like I said, I, it's like I said earlier, I feel like music that we printed down five years ago shouldn't yeah. sound the exact same. I'm not trying to go out there and regurgitate a carbon copy of myself five years ago. You know, that's, that's not what this is about. This is about being uh, a medium for the universe to show how things change and how people change and how music changes ultimately. I mean, it's, uh, it's one of the, the beautiful things of it is that I don't want, I didn't ask Dylan to come play with us because I wanted him to sound like somebody else. I asked Dylan to come right. play because I wanted him to sound like Dylan. 
And what I, I mean, he'll tell you it, it's he asked us, do you want me to do this verbatim? I'm like, no, nah, bro, I want you to listen to the song and I want you to play it how you play it and leave your stank on it. I want it to smell like Dylan played that solo afterwards. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? That, that, that's that's the whole point. Well, especially when you're when we get a, a really fantastic guitar player like Dylan, why would you want to constrain him to being somebody else and not having him do what he does? Right. It doesn't make any sense. That's like recruiting somebody as a quarterback and drafting them in the first round and then being like, but we want you to study under this dude that's had a losing season for <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. There's no yeah. there's no purpose in that. I will say though, uh, there, you know, in, in learning the songs, cause I had about a month to learn the songs, uh, before our first show, maybe even, yeah, right around a month. Uh, and I think it was like three weeks, something like that, but we had like two weeks to a rehearsal, um, or like a week, something. I had a very minimal amount of time to learn 15 songs, which, you know, I, that, I I'm full-time music, so, uh, that's not too terrible. But uh, I remember in Dark, uh, an unreleased song, there's a sweet picking run. And I am not a sweet picker. Oh, yeah, don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. We've always had good guitar players. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the thing. It's, you know, there's no bad blood with any of the old ones. They're still family. You know, like, I, I went and had lunch with Chase Brian, our old guitar player, not that long ago. You know, but that's a shredder move. And you're like, just because a guy did a sweet pick doesn't mean that Dylan has to do it. Exactly. Well, I mean, well, I was just kind of like looking at the list, and I mean, not to say your pinch harmonics, Dylan. Are they up to snuff yet? <laughs> I gotta get there now. You said you're a Pantera guy, Dimebag. I think he's all about those pinch harmonics. Totally. Well, so I mean, I, I kind of hit a to quick quick story. Uh, I kind of hit like a, a fork in the road um, a couple years ago, trying to find myself as a guitar player. Um, this was before Magnolia even started, but. Uh, I was like, all right, well, you got like Eric Johnson and and Dimebag in this league and like, you know, Steve Vai and stuff. And then you got like Derek Trucks and, you know, Kenny Wayne Shepherd and stuff like that. I was like, what what does my heart and soul want out of this? Because I can play a thousand notes and, you know, make people feel a certain way or I can like play a tenth of the notes and like make people sob. You know, and I was, I picked the latter. So, um, and, and learning slide, you know, having to like figure out how to manipulate the strings with using your right hand as well as your left hand. Um, I kind of lost some of that like pinch harmonic type stuff, but, mm -hmm. um, I've kind of accidentally done some shit. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> if I ever do a pinch harmonic, it's 100% accidental. And it Dude, does happen sometimes. Happy it's accidents. Accidental. There's happy accidents in all our recorded music. We couldn't do that shit again yeah. if we tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just that day at work. You know, I mean, yeah. that's what it's supposed yeah. to be, man. But well, same that goes back to you saying, hey, you want Dylan to be himself and bring his own uh, unique, you know, characteristic personality to this playing. Dude, Sullivan's Hollow is, yeah, we're a band and we play music, but it's more of like a fraternal order of musicians. You know, we've had guys come through and they may not play for a year or two, but then they come back and play a show with us or they come. It, it's it's ever evolving and ever changing. And, you know, as we change as musicians, whether the faces change, the people inside the face changes, you know? Yeah. And so we play differently. I sing differently than I did back then. You know, I mean, it's, 
it's just part of it. I, I don't want Dylan to be anybody but Dylan. And if there's yeah. ever a guy that, you know, comes up and is in Brookhaven or, or Jackson or whatever that, you know, is cutting me, you know, then I'll step aside. There, there's your throne, baby boy. Right. But, but in any, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's one of those things that with, especially we've been putting on a lot of events in 2023. Like we put on several events throughout the year and it was cool to see like, inviting so many people that have been a part of our family, but now have their own projects and inviting them to come do shows. It's like, dude, they're still our brothers. They're doing their own thing. Like Wyatt Braddy, he's playing with JT McCaffrey and it's cool because he, that was our drummer that, that, uh, you know, decided he wanted to pursue other things. And now we cycle between he and, uh, Hayden Flint and Johnny Nucio. I mean, we have a rotation of drummers that play with us and it's cool when we do these events together with these guys that we are in this brotherhood with, it's like, yeah, dude, you can play both sets, play a set with JT, then play a set with us. You know, it's, uh, I mean, it's one of those things that I think that we really truly do focus more on the community side of it than necessarily it being pitch perfect and pristine every time. That's to me, there's something so robotic about that and inauthentic that I don't want to be any part of. Great. Totally. So Dylan, I, I got to ask you. I don't, I don't know if I've asked another guitar player this, but wanted to. Like, so when you're learning this, there these songs, how much time can you spend on each song if you got a certain amount of time to to learn it? And also with with uh, Sammy saying you can bring your own flavor to it, like how how you know what amount of time do you have to spend? Do you have it, you know, on on learning it or each song? Well, man, so uh, it kind of depends on the song. I mean, with with something like uh, hair the dog uh that was relatively quick uh learning that one uh just because it's you know the, the like the minor pentatonic thing but it's so angsty you know like i probably only needed to listen to it maybe three times but i, I played it seven just because it's you know you never covered that before anywhere else in your your career say that again brother i'm sorry you never covered here the dog before in your career no no so that's a that's an original yeah, that's the, that's the one of the songs that we released. Oh, so I thought you were talking like Nazareth, like Hair of the Dog. No, right? no, no, no. no. We, oh, I was like, what? I mean, now you're messing yeah. with the son of a bitch. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but same same vibe, though. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, I mean, that's, uh, you know, it, it's one you of the. You threw wrong... me when you said the Avril Lavigne cover, and I was just, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't look like the kind of guy that would uh, sing Avril Lavigne either, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, she's a bit prettier than you. And that is absolutely true. I respect honesty in all all forms of fashion. <laughs> uh, no, man. Like I said, we Hair of the Dog is one of our hard-hitting originals. Uh, that It's the one I was talking about that we always open shows with. It's yeah. It opens with a kick drum and a bass groove. And it's in your face from the time the first guitar plays to the very end. The intro, uh, like he was saying, uh, there's also like uh, chains in place of a... Of a uh, snare right is that what yeah. it is? right uh, so it feels like a almost like a field holler until like the feedback starts coming in and it's oh shit you know and then it's like if you're in the crowd and you know or like mainly me you know four years ago when i was in the crowd i was like oh shit it's it's about to go down and it did and it still does <laughs> right so now a follow-up question very similar though like you guys both have other projects and stuff like you know, like you guys must manage your time really well or be efficient. I mean, because you got to eat and sleep and stuff too. Like, 
is that just all natural or is there times where you got to go okay you know <laughs> i think for me at least uh it's like when i look at it um i think i've just been doing it so long now that it's almost second nature to be like okay when i'm talking to the venue it's like here's your options what flavor of you know like if i'm if i'm booking shows or you know pitching it to a, an agent to book for me i'm like all right i'm looking for this project this time i'm looking for uh this sound in these places whatever what have you and uh you know i think as far as the time management side of it i mean not really it, the secondhand smokers deal is really a band that is specifically to be a true revolving door i mean I think, you know, Dylan plays in that one with me. I, and a lot of times what I'll do is I'll wait till the week of the show and I'll call around and be like, all right, are you off on Friday? Do you want to go make some money? Do you want to go? Like, it's more of a community builder in that way of just being like, oh, well, I know this person is a, a badass and they're off on Friday night. Maybe not because they want to be. Let me call them and see if they want to go jam. Like, you know, or a Thursday or a Sunday or a private gig or whatever. And it's different people playing every time. I mean, one night it'll be, Victoria Satig, Silas Faust, and me. One night it'll be Crawford Stevens and uh, insert drummer here. And one night it'll be me and Dylan and Johnny Nucio or me and Dylan and Zach Case or whoever, you know. I mean, it's it, it's a – so that is a lot easier because what its intention is is to be like, I'm going to go book these shows and I'm, I'm going to get the money right and I'm going to call folks and be like, yo, are you booked this weekend or two weeks from now, whatever it is, like, it happens, dude. We all end up with canceled gigs or shows that don't come to fruition or whatever. And we're looking down the barrel of like, man, I had five gigs I was supposed to go run and do. And, you know, so that project is a little bit more freelance in that way. Uh, and the rest of it, I mean, Sullivan's Hall has been around a long time. We've got people that, uh, you know, they, they want us to come do it. We're putting on our own events. They're reaching out to us. We're not really chasing the rabbit with that project anymore. Um, you know, it, or at least not, as hard as we used to have to uh, you know so i mean it's one of those things that a lot of it just comes to you and you take the opportunities that are presented at least in my case so sammy you mentioned earlier you're, you're living pretty rural i know gulfport isn't like a huge city but i'm just amazed sammy as you're throwing these names out like it, it, there's just that many that many musicians in, in that area rural or not i'm just I'm completely Dude. impressed by that once you step over that Mississippi state line, you can throw a rock or spit in any direction to hit a musician. Cause that's where it all started. Right. You know? And like, I'm not going to sit there and say they're all the best, but I mean, there's a lot of really damn good ones. There's a lot of talent in the water, right? Dylan? Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. I pit Mississippi up against just about any, any state as far as musical talent goes and, I'd be damned if we weren't the breadwinners on that one. <laughs> Brian, here's what I'm thinking. Cause we always like to do the, the, you know, the, the promoter thing or the fantasy promoter stuff. Not, we don't play fantasy football. We play fantasy promotion. What if we had a battle of the bands, but instead of the battle of the bands, it was battle of the States where we could have Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, put your three best bands out there and let's, let's just run a festival and have everybody vote on it. Dude, bring yeah. them on. I can't fucking wait. Let's go. <laughs> I'll be there 10 minutes early. Forget this. Forget <laughs> you know March Madness for basketball. We're going to do this with bands. We're going to take a field of 64 
bunch of states. Dude, I'll, I'll tell you this. I won't even play in the event, and I'll still bet on Mississippi. <laughs> you get you guys have Luther Dickinson. Enough said. <laughs> yeah, you got those those boys. You got the Dickinson brothers. Know, and his dad. Love me. Uh, and uh, Dylan. <laughs> oh, um, but uh, Robert Johnson's up here above me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, alive or dead, who cares? Um, it's yeah. hard to compete against Robert Johnson. He True. did what he did right here on this dirt. You know, in, in Mississippi, like there's a reason why I'm visiting Nashville and not living in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, well, Elvis is from Mississippi, right? Yeah. Yep. You guys got Drew Smithers as well. Drew, uh, Drew, uh, is he from Mississippi originally? I think he's from Tennessee originally. Oh, is he? I think he might be up. up uh, I, I don't quote me on that. I have, I don't know for sure, but don't quote me on I, this. We'll gladly take him. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> It helps, you know. Uh, but I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's like a Connecticut boy or something. Oh, is he? Um, oh Yankee. I think because uh, I'm pretty sure his dad and my dad had that in common, and they were talking about that, or at least they were up in Connecticut for a while. Because I know Smithers was a, a hockey head uh, coming up. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, I don't quote me on either of that. I'm sure he has a Wikipedia page by now. So. Right. I'm sure you can look that up. <laughs> right. So, Sammy, what's our goal? What's your goal with Sullivan's Hollow? Like, you know, where are you torn? Is it a regional thing? You want bigger your records? Like, where do you want to get with this band? Dude, we've always said we're either going to the very top or the very bottom. We just want to get there fast. You know, I mean, it's – I said this in an interview with a guy for a write-up not that long ago. I said, I don't know if we're going to play – zero shows this year or we're going to play 200 shows this year and i really don't care you know i mean it's to me it's uh i want the music to move me and i want the opportunity like the universe is going to present to me what i'm supposed to be doing and i wouldn't have been jamming with these cats this long if we weren't supposed to be playing together you know i I think that it'll be i hope my, my hope is that sullivan's hollow is around much longer than i am you know, I hope that it's one of those bands that it remains a fraternal order, whether I'm in it or not. Um, I think that that's my goal for it. I, I want it to be this thing that people associate with Mississippi music. Uh, the name itself comes from the Sullivan's Hollow Gang, uh, the Sullivan Gang. And it, that's worth a Google search for anybody that's going to be listening to this uh, is Sullivan's Hollow in Miles, Mississippi and learning the history about that. And I think that'll give a better idea of what we're about. We always ask our guests because you know we're always looking for new or newer bands, and I'm I'm always scouring any source of information I can. Uh, who else in your area? I mean, I know you mentioned single musicians or artists. You other band, pay. other yeah, absolutely. We <laughs> always do. Yeah, I can tell you a ton of them, man. At least the ones that I know. Uh, I mean, we just did an event uh, on New Year's Eve, and I'll just give you the lineup from that. Uh, and as well as a few others, but you got a band out of Hattiesburg called Grits and Greens. They go hard. Um, Brian, have get, we heard that band before? Yeah. I mean, that sounds familiar. Grits yeah. And Greens. Let's, yeah. Let's see. Uh, JT McCaffrey, he's putting music out. He goes hard. Um, the Lincoln Outfit, they're out of Brookhaven. Uh, they, they haven't released music yet, but they're getting ready to. Uh, and one of their uh, guitar players, Crawford Stevens, is also getting ready to release some solo stuff. Um, 
let's see who else carly nichols uh she's she's got a song out we're getting ready to put out some more um she's from jackson uh let's see D dylan and will hatton i mean they're uh, i know they've been writing a bunch of stuff getting ready will's a fantastic singer getting ready to put out some music as soon as they can as soon as they can get it recorded um who am i forgetting dylan i mean i know that you know a ton of them down there so uh, as far as the the rest of the lineup there's uh clear creek uh victoria Sittig. is that yeah it? yeah victoria she's down from ponchatoula area i mean i was just on the phone with my buddy garrett Bryan earlier he's out in uh clyde texas but he's originally a miss a miss lou boy you know he grew up in monterey right across the river and cut his teeth in natchez mississippi uh, he's got a band called the Traveling City Committee, and he was in another band called Callahan Divide. Um, man, you know, there's there's so much talent that literally you can walk into just about any joint in Mississippi on a Friday or Saturday night. And I'm not going to guarantee that they're all good, but I will say that more often than not, they're pretty damn good. How about uh, is there any newer blues players we might not know about? I mean, I'll level with you, man. I understand that that blues has influenced so much, but I'm not just like a huge proponent of the mm -hmm. blues, you know, I, especially not like the the ones where they're saying the same line three times in a row. Like mm -hmm. the, the repetitiveness kind of like, it almost like drives me to a certain point of insanity. You're so, like more of the modern blues rock. Yeah, blues yeah, yeah. Like I, I prefer a blues influence than a blues yeah. song. Or blues I rock, mean, yeah. Yeah, we've got a song called Drown that is very much uh it's a hard nosed hard rock and roll song, but it's it's influenced by gospel music and the blues. You it's know, I mean four or five with a um, six in there, but like most of it's like following the one four five thing till the chorus, you know, right. comes. But oh. even then it's very choir sounding, you know, it's 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 got that praise and worship and it's by design that's what we've been exposed to that's when me and zach sat down to compose and write that thing it just came out because there's so much exposure to that you know so i'm, I'm more of a blues influence than a blues music mm -hmm. guy personally right. right on uh we were talking about um up and coming artists and stuff and i forgot one two now uh tyler tisdale i'm sure you tyler got tisdale yeah he's out of the hattiesburg area also and uh, Cassius Culpepper, you guys should check him out. Yeah, who's Cash. that? Uh, Cassius, uh, K A S H U S, uh, and then Culpepper, C U L P E P P R. Yeah, and Cash is, I mean, I don't know him personally. I know you do, Dylan, but I mean, I've been seeing him blowing up on Instagram and TikTok. And I mean, he's he's on a very much an incline right now as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a wonderful human. And so funny story with him, uh, a friend of mine, Bree Rodolfich, uh, who I play in uh, 1K Getaway with uh, as a funk group, uh, or actually, excuse me, I miss said that. Uh, they're, they're a groove comedian now. They were 1K for about four years, something like that. Anywho, uh, Bree and I were doing a, a show at glory bound and cash came by and we'd always like seen each other, talk to each other, shoot the shit, whatever. And, um, she was like, Hey cash, you want to play one? He's like, yeah. What do you, what do you want to play Dylan? And I was like, I don't know. And, uh, you know, I was like, you be the one singing it. So it's kind of your call more, more than it is mine. And he's like, you love the Almond brothers, right? I was like, I sure do. And he's like, you want to do Melissa? I was like, I sure do. And nice. That was the first time I'd ever heard, 
uh, a melody come out of that man's face, and I was I was dumb. He's got he's got a ridiculously amazing voice. Dumb fact, dude. It we was, gotta check him out, Brian. Highly recommend. But yeah, all yeah. those guys that I you know me and Dylan have rattled off. I mean, they're all they're all talented. They're all friends of ours, and I mean, you know, I mean, like I'm a pretty honest guy. I would tell you if they sucked. I wouldn't. I might not have been like they're trash, but I would have been like not bringing them up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, yeah. it, it, there's a certain level of, uh, and even if I don't really necessarily make the kind of music or aspire to make the same kind of music that they do, they're doing their own thing and their sound is cool for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, all the people that, that we've mentioned uh, feel the same way that we do in the sense that like music is sacred and it's, it's cherished and it's like, you know, it's, it's our Bible, you know, so to speak, like, uh, you know, and so I'm trying to, I'm trying to find Crawford. He said something the other day and it was so profound that I quoted it. Let me find it real quick, but sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You're good. good. I was just saying that, you know, like music is just such a sacred thing and, and we've drank from that cup for so long that, you know, we, understand i guess you know feel what's authentic or inauthentic Mm because i mean look at an instagram post and go like oh they look douchey so they probably are you know sometimes it might take you know looking at 30 posts to see it but you know it's just like you know the community that that we just pretty much rattled off you know is just like everybody's out there to like watch each other's sets you know to to kick it and just like you know, let's do a co-write. Let's, you know, let's bring your sound into my sound and let's, you know, let's do something cool together. You know, I mean, it's always been a cool thing. So I found the the quote I was looking for. He was, we were talking, he put something out after the New Year's Eve event and the quote directly was, uh, here's to 2024 being full of more music and fun times with, and then names off all these bands. He says, peace, love, and the power of music to everyone. Nice. That, to, that stuck out to me. Peace, love, and the power of music to everyone. That's the energy that our community mm-hmm. is trying to bring into this year and the year after and the year after that. And I think that's the, the main vein of what we try to do is, is to emulate and translate and conjure the power of music every time we step on a stage. I just want to ask you guys about anything new music for Sullivan Solo you might be working on and, and what are you the kind of band that would release singles or EP or do a full record at some point or what? So, so in 2020, we released an EP. Right. We've released two singles since then. And we we're sitting on a, a stack of a couple more originals and some covers we've recorded over the years. And we're going to put them out sometime this year. Not sure. You know, don't quote me on when mm-hmm. we don't know. Right. Uh, you know, that that'll, I'm, you know, if I had to be inclined to answer, I'd say sometime around the summer. Um, but, you know, we've actually were talking about this a couple of days ago about getting together at the end of this month and and writing. Dylan and I were talking about that in relation to his and Will's project. But also, you know, I mean, we, we just recorded some stuff for Zach, our bass player, guitar player is recording an EP. He's not a singer. So he, you know, brought in a bunch of singers from all over to sing different songs and whatnot when, you know, we just recorded that a couple of weeks ago. Will sang one of those. I sang one of those. I think Cody Dunaway singing one. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of round robin stuff that'll be coming out this year. And obviously, 
anytime you get the creative juices flowing, you're going to have something come out and be inspired and write. So, I mean, there's stuff I've been sitting on for shit two years that I've not, I haven't even been like, Hey, y'all want to take a hack at this and see what we can do with it. So I think this year will be a, a year that we write a lot of music, maybe not release a ton, but I think we'll write a ton. Yeah, absolutely. As far as me personally, uh, like, you know, I think within the last like year I've written more music than I have in the last three or four collectively. And it's just, uh, it's been one of those when it rains, it pours situations. And it's, I've just kind of been like you mentioned earlier, just kind of like letting the universe or letting yourself be the median for the or medium for the universe. Uh, just kind of like letting, I'm, I'm more the vessel now instead of, uh, Dude. Like, you know, absolutely to, to sit down and like, you know, like I have to write this song, uh, you know, I have to do this, uh, but you know, I'll be in the shower and I'll, you know, have my phone on the ledge and I'll, you know, scat out a melody and yeah, do -do 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 -do. yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> like, I'll be like, you know, just kind of like bopping and, uh, and, and like a breakdown will pop into my head and I'm like, that would go hard. And then I'll hey. just, you know, pop, pop, but you know, whatever into my phone. And, uh, and sometimes I'll have a band that might've influenced that. So I'll put in parentheses, um, like Stump Temple Pilots-esque or something right. like that. Was yeah. listening to this when this idea was struck me. Yeah. That way I've got somewhat of a reference point as to what the fuck Dylan was thinking. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but I yeah. mean, as far as putting music out, I mean, I just, I've uh, been working on a solo record. I'm getting ready to put that. I just put a single out for it on the first. Um, working on uh, getting the rest of it out, hopefully, fingers crossed, by the end of March. So, I mean, you know, we'll be releasing a good bit of stuff this year and writing a lot more stuff. And I think that that, I mean, look at the climate we're in today. I mean, it, it's not how it was 20 years ago. You know, you, your content creation and, like, putting videos out and that kind of thing is – the path to that's the kind of exposure that that does help pay the bills not just going and playing some gig down the street you know for some taco shack that wants you to come do some bullshit you know i mean it's you know they're like oh we'll pay you in tacos and exposure and it's like no nah, i'm and nah, man i'm good uh i can make i can make tacos at home uh you know so it's uh it's always interesting to me these years like this where you, your your collection of content is getting ready to roll out and you're like all right well, i'm dumping the vessel so now i can fill it with more shit and that's the whole point is to empty your cup so that you can refill it now, you're pretty much diy right with promotion and then with with booking and yeah and i got I, I got a real big fuck it mentality <laughs> fuck them and fuck it uh i'll just do it myself you know it's uh and that's how you know i mean like i said i'm not looking for anybody to do it for me yeah. I and mean, that's how you sit around and wait yourself to death uh i mean the time is now and the person is us we're going to do it ourselves we've always we accepted a long time ago that we were taking the long way around that's the way to do it jason is it that time of the show or gear talk or both or let, let's i we know dylan's got something coming up so let's go ahead and do the lightning round of dumb questions if you guys want to stick around for a few dude yeah. shoot it at us come on and I, all right I'm good. I'm good. Send it. Okay. 
We just got through Christmas. So here's, I want answers from both of you guys. And Sammy, because this is your first time on, we'll start with you. Okay. What's the worst gift you've ever given somebody? And what's the best gift you've ever given somebody? Man, the worst gift? Um, like ever, ever? I mean, you stick out your mind. You're like, oof, I wish I would have taken that one back. Or you're so young, you thought you were giving your parents or your siblings something cool, and it was really stupid. Oh, man. I do that pretty much every year. Um, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a big celebrator of the whole like capitalism part of uh, the holidays you know I'm like I'll tell them I told them this year I was like uh I guess the worst gift gift I've ever given them is the truth I was like uh don't buy me shit because I'm not buying you shit uh, and awesome. then, you know uh I think that's a good gift because that's yeah. like freeing for everybody right it's like uh how about we just get together and eat and talk for a little bit and then fuck off and go about our own lives um you know i think that's really what it's all about is the camaraderie anyway so yeah the truth is probably the worst and best gift that i've given anybody because i'm like don't buy me shit i don't want anything i don't want a new i don't need any new amps or guitars or i don't want any wait a minute i don't want any more shit to clutter You're up a musician my... that says you don't need any new amps or guitars dylan come on i mean come on you don't... i'll quote him on that i don't want that here. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you man it's like I look I'm like I don't want anything like and if I do want it I'll go get it in April you know what yeah. I'm saying I don't need yeah. you to go out of your way to give me something in December uh let's just eat some dinner and like I'll make fun of my aunt and she'll make fun of me and the fat table will laugh and then we'll hang out and that's really all that matters anyway I like it I like that answer it's good and bad both Dylan how about you so uh, so it was Worst gift ever received and then best gift ever received or best that gift? you've ever given best okay. and worst you've ever given. Okay. All right. If you want to talk about received, you can, that's okay too. No, no, you're good. I was just wondering. Um, so worst gift I ever gave, uh, like he said, uh, was, was nothing. So, uh, me and my sister, um, or my sister and I, so she lives up in Jackson and uh, I texted her like two days before Christmas this past year. I was like, hey, uh, what's your favorite coffee shop up in Jackson? I know there's uh, Cups. I know there's this one. Do you go to Starbucks anymore? She was like, no, I don't go to Starbucks anymore. And Cups is too far away. I was like, how about I send you money on Cash App? And she was like, cool. That's what I was going to do for you anyway. And I was like, all right. And I got to thinking about it. I was like, you know, if I send her 50, 100 bucks, and she turns around and sends me 50, 100 bucks. What's the point of that? Right. I was like, fuck it. I was like, I don't, I don't care. I was like, Merry Christmas, bud. Good at that. Um, and then <laughs> as far as uh, best gift ever given, um, a couple years ago or back when um, this will date. Uh, okay, so Seattle Seahawks had uh, Matt Hasselbeck and uh, it was Richard Sherman a couple years after that. But uh, as far as the jersey that I bought my dad, I got him the uh, it was like a white and blue uh, Seattle Seahawks jersey with the number eight and Palmyra written on the back. So, nice. Was, how's your how's your dad a Seahawks fan? Man, you know I think I think through hockey perhaps or just like you know being young and like loving the colors yeah uh, he's been a seahawks fan for 
forever since those was- old uniforms from the 80s were pretty badass you had people like steve largent who was a you know all-time receiver and stuff too so i could see that just a long way from seattle yeah no doubt he he grew up in upstate new york and so i'm like dad how the fuck did you become the see? <laughs> Yeah, you figure he'd be a Buffalo fan or, or Giants you know, or somebody. Giants, Jets, something like that in that area. Yeah. Different side of the country. Good but... on him for rebelling and choosing the Seahawks because that is not a bandwagon team when your dad was younger. Yeah. And that's what I was going to get at was like, you can't call him out for being a bandwagon team. No. And, you know, no, they were, they were bad for forever. Forever. All right. Uh, Samuel, go back to you. What's your favorite junk food? Favorite junk food? Or go-to snack. Or you can say go-to snack. No, let's talk about junk food because I do All love right. fucking junk food. Uh, man, like if we're talking about just something that is just not fucking good for you, but I love it anyway, yeah. I'll sit, I will eat you at a house and home on ramen noodles, bro. I love that. Really? Wow. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I was so poor in college or what, but uh, but I so how do you food. dress up your ramen noodles? I, you're probably just Dude. not eating them plain. What are you throwing in there, man? I what have I got in the fridge? What kind of leftovers do I have? What kind of flair can I throw in there? Am I tossing a, a raw egg in there and letting it poach? Am I doing yep. what kind of protein am I tossing in here? What kind of hot yep. sauce do I have three drops left of? That's the kind of junk food I'm eating. And if I got some chips, I'm gonna crack open some Cheetos and eat with that shit too. You know, yeah. What kind of what kind of horrible things for my arteries can I do? I love Reese's cups. There you I go. Love yeah. Debbie cakes. Look, if I got it in the house, I'm gonna eat it. So I had to stop buying that shit. <laughs> the poached egg on top of ramen noodles is an excellent, excellent. It is. Too, yeah, it's really good. And it kind of mixes with the with the yeah. broth and everything. I mean, with the, they the do yolk. in Japan, and that's a very popular way Dude, of eating the, it. Yeah. Especially when the yolk's runny and it kind of blends yep. in and, and coats mm-hmm. the noodles like that. Yep. Yeah, load me oh. up on all that sodium. I, I'm with you there, Sammy. I'm with you there, Sammy. Uh, Dylan, what about you? What's, what's your go-to junk food? I was just going to say one more thing about ramen noodles. because Yes. So, obviously, it's ramen noodles. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, but there was this, uh, there's this Instagram or TikTok, whatever, like hack that this guy did to like dress up your ramen, and he said, uh, go buy like the smallest can of like cream and mushroom soup. Yeah, I saw that. Oh yeah. my god, dude! And he was right. He was right. Yeah, he was absolutely right. He did. He did that, and then uh, I like have like a mini garden so to speak so i, I threw uh some fresh bro there's nothing miniature about your garden the only <laughs> thing you've got more plants like it's a beautiful site to be your back porch is one of my favorite places to sit in the whole world i appreciate that uh, we've definitely you know done a lot to, to this man know. has an oasis in gulfport is what he's got very much do man I, I i sit out there often and just kind of like with my plants and my thoughts but uh but i had some uh fresh green onions that i threw in the uh, ramen as well and that was yeah uh as Dude, far as chive I, it up let's see it let's chop it up and chive it up okay. uh, some garlic cloves down in there too yeah that's good uh let's see as far as my favorite junk food uh flaming hot lime cheetos oh yeah yeah <laughs> Bro, you just made my pants shorter, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll kind of stay in the junk food realm. Um, 
Pop tarts. What is the greatest flavor of pop tart of all time? Dylan, start with you. Uh, strawberry. Ooh, frosted or unfrosted? Frosted, baby. Oh, all right, strawberry frosted. We're going old school classic. Sammy, you got one. You got a pop tart. S'mores. S'mores. You're going yep. a little bit more the the, the modern. You know, the now, yeah. If we're if we're talking old school OG stuff, cherry. Yeah. Oh, frosted cherry is the right answer, yeah. Brian. Yeah. You got you got one. Uh, strawberry, blueberry, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say my runner is blueberry. Blueberry is flyer. And I don't want them toasted or nothing. I'm eating that shit straight out the full. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Just, I, like, I like them both. You know, I mean, it just kind of depends. I mean, if if I'm starving or if I'm slightly hungry, it's it's being eaten straight out the full. Yeah. yeah. Dude, if, if I got two, two sips of milk and a Pop-Tart, I don't need heat to be added to that equation. <laughs> just go right in cold yeah i don't need that i like it i dig it all right if you guys in your current band we're talking sullivan's hollow could choose the perfect um the perfect set for an upper set the, the perfect lineup for a night what bands are you playing with mm. could be local people could be you know guys out touring internationally Man, so like, I don't know. I feel like we've we've played with some pretty good ones, man. Um, I don't know. Like, I would pretty much put our local scene up. I mean, have you listened to mainstream media rec- or mainstream music recently? No, it's <laughs> exactly. It kind of fucking sucks. Kind of. There's a lot of it bands totally we sucks. talk to that are mainstream that are pretty damn good, though. There are. No, don't get me wrong. There are, but I don't know, man. Um. So you're putting the bill together for one night. You got a maximum of three bands, yours included. Who are the other t- one or two? Man, that's tough. Um, look, I'll tell you, man. I'm I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take JT McCaffrey and the Lincoln Outfit from right here in Mississippi. And we've already done that. I'm I'm a huge fan of those. Is what we're talking about realistically. Those are the guys I'm gonna call. Um, and I think they're badasses. Uh, I think we blend together really well. I think that. It's just different enough flavors, but there's always that common element of hard-nosed rock to it. Um, but there's also plenty of guys out there that I would love to go and play shows with. You know, it's kind of, that's a really tough question. I agree. Uh, that's, why, that's why we ask it, man. Yeah, that's a hard question, man. There's a lot of bands that if given the opportunity to go play a show with, I would love to. Fucking um, Hot Mulligan. Love those guys. Uh, let's see. Um, fuck, that's tough, dude. Uh, I mean, some there's so many good ones out there, dude. I'm trying to even think of like the people that I like that I'm listening to right now. Uh, I'd love to go out and do a show with somebody like Matt Mason. I love that dude's alternative weird shit. Like Bank on the Funeral was a great record. His new stuff's great too. Um, dude, so many. I, I hope I have enough time to even fractionally play with some of the people that I want to play with. Fair enough, Dylan. Do you, do you have a? You're putting your your perfect perfect lineup together for one night. What are you doing? Man, I'm trying to. I'm still trying. <laughs> uh, let's see. So uh, you mentioned Hot Mulligan. That's a great band. I was trying to kind of think in that term uh, or in that genre of like you know like pop punk or post punk or you know post hardcore. Uh, uh, talking about bands that he and I have listened to, uh, Basement would be sick. Basement would be sick. Yeah, that's true. That would be 
Crickets Throw Their Voice is such a badass song. Dude, that whole record. I was, yeah. I was freaking, I was freaking out about Color Me and Kindness, and then saying, yeah. "Yo, have you heard the uh, one before that?" Uh, something I didn't like know. Wish, wish something. Uh, but it's an incredible uh, post-hardcore record. Um, as far as another one that would be maybe a weird one. Uh, like it'd be cool if like the 1975 uh, yeah. Hollow and Basement did a show together. That'd be that'd, that'd be, be very eclectic. Yeah. If say if we closed, which would be weird to even dream of. Yeah. I know. Uh, but you know, like say the 1975 opened. Um, it'd be great. It'd be a cool, nice vibe. You know, people that are smoking or it's your bill. You can do whatever you want, man. Right. The rules. Uh, so I'd say maybe the 1975 basement and then us, but you know, like a lot of the like hardcore punk kids are going to be moshing to basement, and I love that, and I'll probably be in that pit as well. Right. <laughs> Which would leave would leave. So you break a finger moshing and can't play your guitar. That'd be. They'll understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, that's right. a really hard question, though. I'll get. I mean, that's that's a good question. That's a great question. Yeah. 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 Um, the last three bands or artists you've streamed, and you can use your phones. Let me look. Open book. Um, Stephen Wilson Jr. Yes. Uh, let's see. I I listened to him not that long ago. Um, let's look. Last time I was, I mean, I've been listening to his record pretty consistently. Um, and then. Before that, I was listening to Blacktop Mojo. Oh yeah, good band. Um, and let me see, where's that? Big Wreck. Oh, those Big Wreck. Okay. Yeah, wow. those, are, those are the last three bands Big I've been Rack, listening huh? to. Damn. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so uh, Kublai Khan, TX, um, Soulblind, and Hot Mulligan. Hot Mulligan, Brian. Yeah. Make sure you note in a hot mulligan because we're going to have to check out those guys. This hot, there's been a lot of hot mulligan talk, dude. I went out there, I guess it was like two years ago to Texas. I was supposed to see Simple Plan, right? Well, they backed out of the, the show. Uh, it was like the height of like, I think it was 2021. 20, they backed out of the show. I was already out there. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go to the show. And uh, less than Jake and um, shit. What is that other band's name? Less than Jake. You guys do like all the pop punk and alternative Dude, punk music. Uh, what is that band's name? Um, man, this I can't believe I'm forgetting this right now. But Less than Jake was playing in another band, uh, Newfound Glory. Uh, oh, Newfound, like, yeah, yeah. They were like headlining it, and Hot Mulligan and this other band that I don't even remember. I think it was like Zulu or Zolo, but Hot Mulligan was the act <laughs> after that one, and they were opening up for Less than Jake, and I was like, ah, whatever, let's check them out. And so I listened to them and. I was fucking blown away. They're so good. They sound the exact same live as they do on the record. It's fantastic. That's always, yeah. Wasn't the lead singer of Newfound Glory married to Ar Avril Lavigne at one point or something? Or I'm something not, like I don't know. I have no idea. I think they're Canadian. They're a Canadian band, aren't they? Maybe so. I know Big Wreck is. Yeah, uh, Big Wreck for, for sure. But I, I mean, like I said, I just was kind of like, I was, uh, you know, just in my element enough to really get into the, the whole horn like ska thing that night and uh it was really cool that hot mulligan opened it up and dude they fucking slam they're fantastic okay 
right on. We'll take, we'll take that. Those are, those are good choices, guys. Um, all right. Last question for you both. I'm, I'm going to angle it at what you do in the band. So, Sammy, for you, what's one song that you hear that you wish you'd written? Because the lyrics and everything else are so good. You're like, damn it. I wish I had written that song. Um, I don't know. Let's just take a look at the top 100 hits of the last 30 years. Uh, no, man. As far as like recently released, or are we just talking anything, all anything? No, all time. Like you hear, it could be a Bob Dylan. You're like, man, those lyrics or the melody or something so good. It's just, man, I'm gonna level and say, uh, fuck, that's a tough fucking question. Um, one, I do. Jason Isbell, uh, Speed Trap Town. Yeah, that's one that without a doubt, I'm like, man, I wish I would wrote that song. His last record, that Weather Rains record, is incredible. It's fucking good. I and I level. I didn't like it my first listen through. I was like, "This is not Jason Isbell." And my buddy Crawford Stevens was like, "He's a, he's a true Isbell fan." He was like, "No, you need to listen to it again. You're fucking wrong. It's a great record." And I, I was like, I gave it like two weeks and went back and listened. I was like, "Okay, King of Oklahoma does go fucking hard." King of Oklahoma is great, and like yeah. his guitar playing live is amazing. It's absurd. It's great. Um, yeah. I mean, it it was a fantastic record, but I I would still say the one that strikes me that I wish I had written is either Speed uh, Speed Trap Town or um oh fuck what's the name of it Elephant. I like it. Yeah, Dylan, for you, guitar part, solo song, anything that's guitar oriented. When you hear that, you're like, damn, I wish I'd written that. Ooh, man. So. My mind immediately kind of goes to the grunge era or like, you know, movement mm -hmm. and like Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains. Of course, you guys know with my previous band. Yep. Um, as far as right now, you asking me this question, I'd probably say song wise, like beautifully crafted song, I'd say uh, Silver Gun Superman by uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best Stone Temple Pilots. Man, you don't hear that either. It's like a guitar solo goes uh, like Midnight in Harlem by Tedeschi Trump. Oh, yeah. That's, that song is so cool how it just builds. Mm -hmm. I know I'm kind of cheating, but uh, yeah. If you, if you're right. wise, that'd be my answer. And then song wise. You're a damn good slide player. So I can see why you pick something where it's also a slide, a big slide part in that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, it was great talking to you, Sammy. It was good to meet you. Dude, thank find you out all a so much about for having Sullivan's me on. Hollow. Yeah, for sure. Where do we go to find out more about Sullivan's Hollow or any other projects you guys are doing? Um, man, I'm, Sullivan's Hollow's got a Facebook page um, that you can check out. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, D all the above as far as streaming platforms. Um and then as far as me, you can check out, I got Instagram, Facebook, both of those should have a link to my website. I'm updating it constantly this week. Uh, and I just put a song out uh, under my name uh, for my solo project called Mr. No One. You can go check that out. Um, but really just keeping up with us on Facebook or Instagram or I finally caved and, and have gotten a TikTok. Um, I, I don't really like posting on there, but I do it. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm not a huge social media guy, man. Uh, we post about stuff and we go play shows and that's about it. But it's man. part of the business, especially when you're self-promoting. You know what I mean? Like that there's, yeah, you yeah. have to do it. 
you do have to do it. Um, I've fought that current for a long time. Um, but you know, yeah, that's the, probably the best way. Um, it would just be to hop on one of our socials accounts. I mean, I know Dylan and I post pretty regularly about what shows we're playing and, uh, man, honestly, as far as what we're doing with Sullivan's hollow, uh, on April the 20th of this year, we're putting on our second annual, we are calling it the bluff city block party. That's what we put on last year. And we just did this new year's Eve event called the bluff city ball drop down in Natchez, Mississippi. Invited our friends of ours from all over the southeast to come play. We're doing the same thing again on 420 this year. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> so if y'all want to, uh, that there'll be a lot of cool bands there that if folks are trying to get out and hear some really talented motherfuckers, that they'll be there. Um, Love so, it. You know, that's that's really what we're doing is focus on putting on those events again this year. Dylan, what about you? How do how do we our listeners find out what's going on with you? Uh, happenstance. <laughs> happenstance. Just luck um, into it. Yeah. Um, so uh, really Facebook right now. Um, I do have a artist page uh, that I don't post on a whole lot. Um, as far as like the heavy hitting shows and stuff like that, um, it, they'll be under Sullivan's Hollow um, and stuff like that. I, I don't do too much outside of Sullivan's Hollow and Will Hatton. Okay. Uh, Will Hatton and I do um, like stuff around the southeast. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, try to send me a friend request if you haven't. Uh, I know I'm friends with both of you guys on uh, Facebook and stuff. Yeah, but also they, if somebody's listening, they can just hit that follow button. This is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I guess because you know. sometimes that friend button gets a little sketchy in them DMs. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All I know is on social media, when you hit a certain point of followers or whatever, yeah, you have the to follow uns- the 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 sex bot things start hitting. All of a sudden, there's really attractive yeah. women, right? Yeah, with, with they're real with, too. With, with yeah. three mutual friends, and you look and you're like, you crusty motherfucker! I knew you. Yeah. Would be- <laughs> <laughs> It's like, they got it. They got it. Yeah, my boy. Yeah, got it. It's like, you want to join chats? No, no, <laughs> no, thank you. No, no, you know, you've made it on social media when the sex spots come out. That's true. That is true. <laughs> You're doing something right. <laughs> You're doing something right when you get exactly. sex spots. All right, Brian, before this goes to a dark place, over to you, man. Yeah, man. You you know, we're not we're not talking to Jay Scott here. There, <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep it clean. Uh, that's right. That's an inside joke for those who don't know. But anyway, thank you so much to Dylan Palmero and Sammy Kadan from Sullivan's Hollow and other projects. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been a blast. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you guys. Dude, thank you, man. Thank you so much to Dylan, Sammy from Sullivan's Hollow. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, it's great to hear. Uh, about there's such a wide variety of music in Mississippi, not just like the Delta blues that we love and the Hill Country blues that we love, but there's a lot of different things. And, and you know, I really enjoyed and Sammy talked about, you know, that has its influence. Somehow it always creeps in, that influence creeps into stuff. But, you know, how those guys, you know, Sammy comes right out and says he's not like a huge blues fan respects and in that influence is there, but, but he's, you know, there's so much he's a rock you know, guy. Yeah, yeah. He's not doing the country. He's not doing the blues. He's doing the rock, but they have elements. Dylan's hopping on there. You know, again, he'll get to do his style. Sammy even said he wants Dylan to do what Dylan's going to do with the songs. He doesn't expect them to play the previous guys or anything particular. So 
should be interesting. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to hear, you know, what uh, new music they come up with with Dylan in the fold and what he'll add. But uh, I certainly have enjoyed what I've listened to from them, and you know, I have too. It's good to know get uh, Sammy. He's a real cool guy. Has an interesting history. Those guys were on it when we talked about junk food and pop tarts, and <laughs> I was I was impressed by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, good to uh, get to know another get to know another soul in, in Sammy. So that was definitely a lot of fun as yep. always. Look so. forward to talking to him again. Once, once Dylan gets his toehold in that band. Yeah. So this is going to like segue into uh, getting more, uh, well, directly into the Hill country blues with our next guest coming up. So you guys uh, hang on and be anticipating that you'll enjoy it too. So until then, always remember Southern rock is reverent blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.